I don't care who's first or who last, but I know that y'all just better rock this at the drop of a dime, baby. This is a Joe Run Welcome to the Football Cypher here on the Football Game Plan Podcast Network. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and you can follow me on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. I'm joined, as always, with my fellow analysts, Chris James, Gene Clemens, Ron Davenport, and Brandon Howard. And you can follow Chris on Twitter at CJFlorida9, Gene at Gene Clemens, Teron at TDavenport underscore NFL, and Brandon at BHoward underscore 81. Make sure to subscribe to Football Game Plan Podcast on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. That's where you can find all of our many different shows. You can also find them archived on our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast. And finally, don't forget to check out and subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network on YouTube, located at youtube.com slash footballgameplan. If you're not familiar to what a rap cipher is, it's a crowd that forms in freestyle raps as they pass the mic around. Well, it's the same thing here, except there won't be any rapping going on. We'll just pass the mic around and keep the football takes flowing. And we're going to kick off our NFL team previews in the Cypher, and in this episode, we'll take a look at the Tennessee Titans and some of the biggest questions heading into the 2017 season. I'll kick this one off, guys. How explosive can this offense be in 2017? Well, I mean, it's easy to see that this this offense can be really explosive, and I'm sure you guys will um, talk about all of, the, all of the weapons that they have, but I'll stick to the running game. Um, a thing that Emory loves a lot. They have they have guys who just I mean they run the ball. Like they're not they're not fancy. They're not trying to catch a whole bunch of passes out of the backfield. They're not trying to you know make a whole lot of people miss. They're going to tote the rock and they're going to run hard at you. And in the fourth quarter, you're not going to want to touch them. And you know when you have when you have running backs like that in the backfield, um, and one one's a veteran and one's a youngin. And, and they both keep coming at you, and they're both big loads to bring down, and they both have an opportunity to break it, um, you know, and go the distance. That's a, that's a recipe for something good, and that's before I even st- um, start talking about the ability that Marcus Mariota has to extend plays with his legs or to, or to gain yards with his legs. So I think that run game is in for another great season, and because that run game is going to be so potent, that's going to open up everything else. Yeah, I mean, me personally, I'm going to obviously look to the passing game. You look at their additions, Corey Davis. You also look at Taewon Taylor, a guy who brings you plenty of uh, yards after catch ability. And then you look at Jonu Smith. I, I really like their their 12 personnel package, and I think they should definitely use that with, with Smith and Delaney Walker, who is one of the more explosive tight ends, whether it's running the seam route, running the, the arrow routes, all, all of those things. And he brings a, a lot to the table. And you saw him go to Tennessee and really blossom into an outstanding player. So I, I look at those guys. And then, obviously, you know, you look at the running game, how they can work play action off of that. And you look at Mariota's deep ball passing ability. This team is going to be very explosive. And I, I think that, you know, they have the potential to put up a lot of points. So it's going to be fun watching the Titans this year. Yeah, last year I got the, to see the, the Titans play in person when they came to Hard Rock Stadium. And uh, the one thing that really stood out to me is that they really get the most out of their players in the sense that 
everything that they can do, they will do. And that I love that in an offensive coordinator. And, um, you know, with the new weapons that they got and they, that they acquired in the offseason, Marcus Mariota has no excuse but to take the next step in his development. I mean, this should be a, you know, no, no way that should this not be a breakout season for him. And, um, you know, they're, they're extremely well coached. Uh, so this is a disciplined team. And I think that they're definitely up and coming in this division. Um, I don't think that they have enough just yet um, to be as explosive as the Texans and, and beat that Texans defense on the, you know, twice a year. I don't think that that's going to happen at all. But um, I really love, you know, the way that they're coached. I love the way that the coaches will get out, you know, the versatility out of these guys. And I, I like the fact that they're not afraid to, to try to go downfield and make the big plays. So, um, and, and let Marcus Mariota, you know, make the plays down the field. So I, I'm a fan of what they're doing there and the weapons that they have. You know, this offense is set up to be an extremely good offense on Madden from the perspective of being explosive. They've got all the pieces that they put on the exterior, but I think they're not going to be that explosive this year from this perspective. They had a formula last year that worked really well. And if Mariota didn't break his leg, I think they were a playoff team last year. Even though they added pieces at receiver, going in the top five and getting a wide receiver, adding a guy like Tyron Taylor, why would you effectively change something that worked so well? I think they run the ball consistently again. The only tweak they make is now they have the ability to utilize the play-action pass even to more of a full extent. You get an upgrade from Rashard Matthews, who came on pretty well last year at the end of the season, to a Corey Davis. They're going to let him come along pretty naturally and not try to force-feed him the ball. And I think that's the wrong approach if they want to be successful is to make Mario to throw the ball 35, 40 times. You want to keep it very dialed back, let him throw the ball 20 to 25 times, make some big plays when necessary, almost like Seattle does with Russell Wilson. Let you make big plays when it's necessary, but otherwise run the ball, play solid defense, get some points on the board, get out with a W. And you guys have talked about their personnel at nauseum. And again, I agree with everything you guys said. You didn't mention Eric Decker, who I think can be a solid playmaker at this age, at this juncture of his career. So offensive line is good. The the receiving options are great. I'm still a big fan of Trey McBride, um, whom they drafted two years ago. Uh, so I do think what they have now, and it's something that I really like, is the fact that they have the ability to play any style of game. If they want to close it out with the four-minute offense, they have the running game to do so. If they have to come back in four minutes and put points up on the board quickly, they have the potential to do so because of what they've added at receiver. So I think being able to play multiple types of games, uh, sometimes within the same game, is going to make this offense not only fun to watch, but dangerous in the AFC South. I agree. I think they I think they'll definitely be dangerous, Henry. Um, but they're only going to go as far as their quarterback's going to take them. And they've invested a lot into Marcus Mariota and to putting weapons around him in a game plan where he can be successful. Um, but he's he's ended the last two seasons on the injured reserve. My question is, can he make it through a full season? Yeah, that's a that's a good question because you look at the way he will at times expose himself outside of the pocket with his style of play, and um, it, you know I I don't I don't think he will make it through a full season healthy. Uh, unfortunately for the uh, the Titans, so I, I'm going to say no to that question. Yeah. Um... You know what? I, it's going to be tough, but I really think if they stick to the run uh, the way that I know that they did this past year, uh, earlier in the early goings of the season, 
you know, get your, get your two running backs going, you know, early in the season and, and get that going throughout the rest of the year. Um, and then have Marcus Mariota, as, you know, as Chris was saying, pick and choose his spots throughout the rest of the game to, to make plays down the field. And then I think you can kind of protect him and keep him healthy. Uh, keep his passes down anywhere between that 20, 25, you know, passes a game range. And I think he'll be okay. I just think you need to trust your running backs, get them the football early and often. I think he'll be fine. You know, it's a great question that you asked, Gene, because even going back to college, Marcus Mariota had these issues that made him miss a game or two each season. Uh, and it's frustrating because he's not a player so far in the NFL that puts himself in danger, i.e. an Andrew Luck, taking unnecessary hits. In fact, the one he got injured on, I think the guy came inside and it was really nothing he could do about it. So it's an interesting situation because he seems to be injury prone to an extent, but at the same respect, he doesn't put himself in bad situations. When he does run, he gets down and gets out of bounds. The success of this team will hinge on whether or not he's able to make it all 16 games. If so, this team can definitely challenge to be a good team. I'm going to say no because he's never made it through a full season in college or the NFL. And that's the thing is, you know, we're asking a question, which is a great question. You're asking a question of something that we haven't seen already. And we have two years of tape to, to really answer that question. So I don't think he can unless he changes his running style. I, see, I disagree with Chris. I think he runs reckless. Um, so that's that will yield itself to injury because he runs reckless. It's kind of like Derek Carr who runs reckless. And I think because he and Carr share the same type of pocket presence um, where they have a bit of scariness uh, in them, they're going to get themselves sacked. They're going to get themselves hurt. And when they get outside the pocket, we saw Derek Carr do a, get, a, get somersaulted against New Orleans, and we saw um, Marcus Mariota hurt himself trying to get outside the pocket and scramble. I think this is a guy that, that is a little bit reckless. Um, he's not like a Vince Young where he runs under control or – a guy like Russell Wilson, he's more like a Steve Young, uh, RG3, not as bad as Vic, but he does run a little reckless. So I, I think he's going to miss one game at least uh, this season. And it's a great point, Emory. And I think the difference with um, some of those other quarterbacks that you named that tend to be a little bit more reckless is look at their body. I mean, there, were talk, there was talks about moving Steve Young, Michael Vick, the running back, um, because of their ability to – at least in Michael Vick's case, he got injured a lot, but Steve Young absorbed a lot of punishment, um, especially as a more of a running style quarterback coming out of college. When you look at Marcus Mariota, this is the thing for me that always put Jameis Winston ahead of Mariota to me. It wasn't just that I thought he was a better passer. I just thought he had a little bit more dog in him. Um, and people act like he was, he was sitting behind a brick wall you know, his, his, you know, his years at, at, at Florida State, but he took a lot of shots. That offensive line had some issues, and he would take some hits. And you, he would take a hit, and he'd get right back up, and he'd limp for a little bit, and then he'd go back to the huddle, and he'd throw a dime, or he'd run for a first down, even though he's supposedly the most unathletic dude in the, in, in the world. He keeps on getting all of these yards and touchdowns running. So when you look at Mariota, and you say, okay, they kind of, play the same type of game but when Mariota does these things or when he takes a shot he gets hurt and when was the last time you really saw Marcus Mariota take a beating before he got to the NFL the answer is never he never took a beating at, at Oregon because the style of offense they run 
doesn't lend him lend himself to him getting hit a lot. And in Hawaii, he did whatever he wanted because he was playing against substandard competition. So if you look at that and you say, okay, now he's in the NFL, and every time he takes a really good shot, something seems to pop a break. So that mixed with what CJ was talking about and him never making it through a season in college and now him never making it through a season in the NFL, I'm inclined to believe they're going to have to really have a reliable backup to come in and hopefully Mariota gets hurt at some point in the season that doesn't put him down for the remainder of the season. Uh, he, he got the crap kicked out of him in the national championship and he didn't make it through that game either. Yeah. Was that was that the 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 um game was that the Bam it was the Bama game? Ohio State second Ohio half they threw him like yeah. a rag doll. They did, they did. They abused him in that game and he ended up getting hurt. You're very right. Man, they did. They put a whooping on him in that game. I remember because that was after he put a whooping on Florida State. I was very hurt by that. So since we're on this uh Marcus Mariota thing, we talked about the explosiveness at offense. We talked about whether or not he'll last a full season. So my question is this, where does he fall in the QB rankings among the 32 teams in the league? Wow. Uh, that, that's a tough question. That's a really tough question. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say right now, um, you know, I, I, w- I would rank him about, you know, around 14th, 15th, middle of the pack. Um, I, I, I like his potential, but we just haven't seen it consistently enough uh, to, to put him anywhere uh, above that. He, he got the athleticism. You love that. Um, he knows how to, you know, take off of the football when things break down. He knows how to extend plays. You love his ability to keep the chains moving. Uh, I love that about a quarterback. Uh, things work when your quarterback can move. But I want to see more consistency out of Marcus Mariota. And uh, right now he's more of a, a middle-of-the-road, uh, middle-of-the-pack quarterback until we see more. I think in my quarterback rankings, I ranked him 16th or 17th, which for me is in the bottom third of relevant NFL quarterbacks. It's the top of the bottom third. Mariota, I haven't seen him do anything consistently well. From the perspective, I haven't seen Mariota have that game, like that signature moment, that signature time. I think the, the, the Denver and Green Bay wins were supposed to be. I just haven't seen it. But all the tools are there. He has the tools, physical tools, to be an Aaron Rodgers-type player. But he doesn't play like he's an Aaron Rodgers-type player. Right. Uh, maybe this season will prove that to be a little different. But for right now, yeah, he's he's around the 16th best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and I can't argue with that. I, I'd say 16, 17, depending on you know a player or two. But I, I would say he's a more athletic, bigger version of Alex Smith. You know, a guy that you can't really you you something about his game that leaves you kind of waiting for something big to happen but I do like his explosiveness as, as a runner I do like how he has gotten better year over year and I'll tell you right now I think he's better than Kirk Cousins you know so I would put him definitely like right and saying the middle of the pack is not bad because I do think there's 15 really good quarterbacks in this league and um, our 15, 16 really good quarterbacks in this league. And if you just rank them one through 16 without worrying about numbers, or anything like that, I would definitely at that point take a guy like Marcus Mariota. You know, that's a very interesting question. I was sitting here um, just starting to rattle off names of quarterbacks that I thought were better. Um, you know, Roger Brady, Wilson, Manning, Stafford, Winston Carr, Dak, Dalton, Roethlisberger. Um, I mean, I get to probably around – 
10 to tw- 10 to 11 before I start to have to think about it. And, and I feel like if I have to think about it, then that's probably where he is. So I would put him probably somewhere around 12 to 13. Yeah, initially when I asked the question, I had him at number 15. But then once I went through and just looked at the quarterbacks th- throughout the league, I-, I was able to pick 15 guys who I would take ahead of him. So I-, I would put him at 16. So he definitely lands middle of the pack, which is, uh, I think, fair for Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I, I totally uh, agree with you there. And, uh, you know, my question here is, uh, you know, for his backfield mate and Derrick Henry, um, what I want to know is just how much position, position flexibility does Derrick Henry provide uh, for the Titans? Uh, absolute flexibility. They also don't have a fear of uh, DeMarco Murray going down because they have a running back who's more than capable of doing all the things that are necessary in that offense. Right. Uh, it's not a situation where the backup, or Derrick Henry in this case, can't catch the ball out of the backfield, work in the screen game, and run all the plays necessary. But – the other portion of the flexibility he provides to them is if they want to be creative, Emory touches on this all the time. I do too. I like when you have a split backfield with two running backs who are legitimate running backs, not a fullback Amen. back there. They can do a lot of different things. These guys are good enough to catch the ball out of their backfield. The, the Titans are set up to be an exceptional offense in the future if they want to be. And Derrick Henry is just one of those pieces that allows them to be able to do that. And the fact that they don't mind blocking for each other. That's why Bo Jackson and Marcus Allen work uh, in, in their you know situation when they were in the backfield at the same time. That's why Tony Dorsett and Herschel Walker worked that year. They were a year or two. They were in the backfield together at the same time. If you have two tailbacks that don't mind lead blocking for each other, it's going to make you very tough to defend. So I think they do have that position flexibility because I also believe Derrick Henry's ability as a receiver is vastly underrated and was underutilized while he was at Alabama. Well, I mean, you're talking about a guy who has, like, legitimate H-back size um, as a running back um, who has legitimate speed as a running back. I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, I, I mean, you guys know already because we talked about it ad nauseum. Um, everybody had Zeke. I had Derrick Henry. So um, he was my guy. I thought he um, was, was the back that I would want if I was, if I was drafting the guy in that year. I think he went to the perfect offense for his skill set um, because he can be a runner first, as I said earlier. Um, and I think that if Murray goes down or if Murray is not able, if he's not performing at the level he was performing last year, you you don't hesitate. You automatically go to a guy like Henry because you don't only replace him with someone who is comparable, but you may actually gain some things um, as far as, as, as speed and power go. Yeah, and, you know, when I look at Derrick Henry and uh, DeMarco Murray, I, I look at two guys that, you know, you could combine. If you want to just, just pound the rock the whole game, you could do that with both of them. And especially late in the game, you're trying to protect the lead. Man, you got a guy, 245 pounds, that, that it really runs behind his pads but has that ability to give you that, that explosive play. You know, when they stack the box, he gets to the second level, and he could pull away from defenders. So I think when you have a guy like Derrick Henry, he allows you to protect leads. He, he gives you that explosiveness. So um, it gives him a lot of flexibility, and, and you guys mentioned it and covered it well, the fact that you don't have to be as concerned about giving DeMarco Murray as many carries and, and putting him, you know, 
is susceptible to injury because you have a guy that's legitimate behind him. So they, they give a good uh, duo in the running game. Right. Uh, you guys all, you know, touched on a lot of what I, I wanted to say. And, um, you know, when it comes to Derrick Henry, this is a guy where if he's on my team, I mean, the possibilities are endless as to how I would use him. You guys mentioned split backs. Uh, Gene, you mentioned how he's H-back size. Uh, I remember talking to one scout who actually worked him out at tight end. And so, you know, he has the ability to do so much on the football field. And um, actually, you know, I saw him, you know, motion over to tight end uh, during his game against the Dolphins. So that's those are the types of things that I think that, you know, when you have all these pieces where you're basically, you know, substituting, you know, or changing personnel without substituting, you know, Derrick Henry is the type of player that allows you to do that. And I think that, the, you know, the Titans really are headed in the right direction right now with a player like that. Hey, CJ, before you jump in, I want to say, because I know you will appreciate this, Derrick Henry is the definition of a, of a fantasy handcuff. Like, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you're going to take Murray, if you're not taking Henry to stack on top of Murray, you're just not doing it right in fantasy. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, in, in fantasy, just to make it really quickly, if you're going to take a backup running back, you also want to take one that's in an offense conducive to getting carries, i.e. Tennessee mm-hmm. or now with Sarkeesian in Atlanta, Atlanta, someplace where they're going to give you 20 carries in a game. But Brandon did lead me into this comment that I have in this question. Is this Tennessee Titans offense the best constructed offense in the AFC? Yeah, that's, a, that's a tough question to answer but because we haven't seen this particular Titans team uh, take the field yet but they do have the potential to be because of what we all talked about all episode but I, I like where they're going I think the offensive line is going to be what to keep an eye on they, they've moved some pieces around um, but I do think they have enough in place to be that offense in the AFC but we just have to see this team uh, take the field and, and put it all together I agree with Emery it's hard to say they're the best constructed I will say that they seem like they put the perfect pieces in place to run the offense they wanted to run um, and so from that standpoint, I would say yes, because they they have everything in the position that they want it to be in to be successful. They've got a tight end. They've got a backup tight end. They've got a running back. They've got a backup running back. They've got several weapons on the outside. They've got a quarterback they believe in. It's hard to argue that they don't set themselves up offensively to be really, really good this year. Yeah, I think they set themselves up to be really, really good. But I, I'm sorry. I just I, I go back to to. New England. I know there's some questions about the running game. You know, who's going to be their feature back? James White, uh, excuse me, James White, uh, Deion Lewis. But I mean, I look at Brandon Cooks. I I, I look at uh, Gronk. I look at some of the options they have in their offense. And I think that the Patriots are probably the best because, I mean, again, they're almost like a cheat code. But you look at what they have all together in Tennessee. I really like some of the younger players they brought in. We talked about the running game. We talked about Mariota. So they're definitely up there, but I just can't put them ahead of the Patriots at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. It'd be very difficult to say that they're the best constructed, but I will say this. I see their vision. I see where they're headed. And I like this team uh, about three years from now. If they stick with this coaching staff and they stick with their front office personnel, uh, I, I really think that in about three years, this will be the best offense that the AFC has to offer. 
Now, a little bit tricky on this one, and I think Teron touched on it. They're definitely not the most talented or best offense in the AFC. The Patriots would be maybe even the Steelers. You know, there's other offenses that are more talented. Brandon started to lead into it, construct it, moving forward to the future. You look at each position, getting the quarterback that you like and allowing him to use what he does well. Having running backs that mirror each other that can both run the ball well and catch it out of the backfield. Having a fullback that is an underrated fullback out of Alabama, he's used to blocking Jalston Fowler. Having tight ends, having a new move piece in June Smith. The, the line is constructed well. They've traded back multiple times to pick up extra first and second round picks so that they could bolster the offensive line. Going and getting a guy like Corey Davis who can be that T.O. type player, big physical receiver, also having an inside receiver like Rashad Matthews, picking up a veteran like Eric Decker to help these young guys along, like the Tajay Sharp who they picked up last year, the Taiwan Taylors. I like the way they've constructed for the future. The only thing I don't like, and we touched on it earlier, is that they don't have a backup quarterback since their current quarterback has an issue staying healthy the entire season because Matt Castle is not getting the job done. Not at all. And what's interesting, man, before we get to our, our uh, you guys' predictions, I realized we talked offense the entire doggone episode. So I just want to get you guys quick thoughts on the Titans' defense, starting with you, Gene. I don't think about the Titans, Titans defense. I, I, don't have any, I don't have anything like phenomenal to say about them. I think they're okay defense. I don't see anything special. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's true, though. That's all we talked about was the offense. Uh, I, I, I'll say this much. They're going to have to win a lot of 28 to 24 uh, games. Yeah, I, I totally uh, – I agree. I, I think that um, they're going to be in some shootouts as a result. I think that this is an offense that does – and we'll be able to put up points. Um, but the question remains, will their defense be able to, to stop anybody? Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I really don't think that their defense is, you know, as presently constructed, uh, going to be one that that is able to stop too many teams, uh, especially in, in this division, and especially when you go up against mobile quarterbacks such as a Deshaun Watson. You know, I guess you have to have some deficiencies somewhere if you're going to construct that offense to the manner that they have. But I will say this about the Titans' defense. The front seven, I actually kind of like. I do like Arakpo and Derek Morgan. I think that they haven't lived up to the billing their entire careers, but I think that they can splash really well. Uh, Jarrell Casey is a beast up front, like Daquan Jones. So I think they have a, a solid front seven, and having a guy like Dick LeBeau trying to put people in the right places is just unfortunate he doesn't have the back half. They drafted a Dory Jackson, which gives them a highly talented player, but they don't have anything to really go along with them at either safety and even the other corner, uh, Logan Ryan, in my opinion, is more of a, a slot corner uh, than a guy who can play on the exterior. So they're probably going to have to win some shootouts because their secondary won't be able to hold up that well. Right. See, see I, I actually like the Titans' defense. I'm going to give you know the people out there a little bit of analysis on why. When you look at how they match up across the board, Kevin Byard is going to see a lot of time. I think he's probably going to end up starting over Jonathan Cyprian. I don't know why they went out and signed Cyprian. He's way better than, than uh, Cyprian. Uh, Adore Jackson is, is a guy that's going to find himself around a lot of footballs. And keep an eye on um, Austin Johnson. Uh, he worked with uh, Chuck Smith in the offseason. And Johnson was real good coming out of Penn State. And we know Chuck Smith is a guy that does a great job in teaching techniques. So I think he's going to be in line for a breakout 
season, along with Jarrell Casey and uh, Daquan Jones. So I think they're going to be fine. And we get to see Kevin Dodd this year, who spent a good portion of last season injured, and he was a top edge rusher coming out of Clemson. So I think defensively they'll be a lot better. Plus, iron sharpens iron, right? So they've gone up against this run game all all season long. Those corners have been tested by this what we consider to be a, a top-notch receiving core all offseason long. So we'll see. They may be better because they face their own team throughout the course of the, the offseason and throughout the course of the season. So I think they have the potential to surprise a lot of folks this season. So starting with Eugene, where do you have the Titans finishing in 2017? I think we talked about it with the with the Houston Texans that um, the Tennessee Titans are going to be in a dogfight this year for the number one spot. I think when it all shakes out, they probably end up second. Um, but I would not be surprised if they end up in first. I think it'll be a one-game difference between them and the Texans. Yeah, I haven't finished second place to the Texans. Uh, you look at the offense, uh, and it's just there, there's a lot to it. So I think that they're set up to score a lot of points, which will help them win games. So I'm going to put them in second place, but I think the Texans win it. I totally agree, uh, Teron. Uh, I think that the Texans uh, do come away with the division with the Titans, uh, you know, in, in second place. And, um, you know, I, I think that their offense is going to put them in position to, to to get there. But I think the defense is going to be kind of the, the undoing and why they won't win the division. You know, I actually have them finishing first. Um, there's a couple of reasons behind it. I do like the way the team's constructed. But the main reason is, again, schedule dictates how you're going to end up in a season and all their hard games are at home they have Oakland at home Seattle at home uh, Cincinnati at home and they get to avoid New England and Pittsburgh unlike the Houston Texans so I think they end up getting a getting a nod and winning this division real good conversation going back and forth guys that's why we have it here in the football cipher and that's it for this episode so make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating for Chris Gene Brandon and Teron I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and this has been the Football Cipher on the Football Game Plan Podcast Network. <laughs>